2: It is episode 102 of the Say Hey Podcast. I am Doug Hayes. It is May 15th, 2023. My co-host, Say Hey Rob, and I are joined by Jeff Young. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at BaseballJeff1. He covers the Giants for Around the Foghorn. Jeff, welcome back, my friend. I think this is, what, like your fourth time on Say Hey Pod?
1: Jeff. Yeah, I think it's a uh, third or fourth time. I, yeah. I don't know. Is there a coat that comes with that, like Saturday Night Live? when you? Uh... <laughs> When you uh, guess toast five times, you get that. that
0: no, nah, nice. we're working on a, a gold jacket. Okay, I, Rob, I was but...
2: waiting. I was waiting for you know when you said coat. I was like, oh god, here comes Rob with the happy gilbert <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I, I think my uh, left arm, by the way, is a little bit longer <laughs> than my right
2: arm. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. fantastic.
1: Uh, anyways,
2: yeah, Jeff, welcome back. Uh, obviously, one of our uh, favorite guests to have on talking San Francisco Giants baseball. Um, how's it been, you know, covering this team, especially the last couple weeks? Obviously, they're not off to the greatest of starts, even though they are winning right now. And uh, while we're currently watching, but how how's it been covering the Giants this year?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been interesting. Um, you know, I, it feels like this team has some good components to it, you know, when you look at the top 3 options in the rotation. I think the offense as a whole, if you look at some of the numbers, they're not that bad. Um, but there's there's a lot of negatives, a lot of flaws, a lot of wrinkles with this with with this roster right now, the bullpen, the back end of it. I mean, I feel like that's all I write about right now is just saying how bad the 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 back end is, how poor the bullpen composition is um yeah it's 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 been interesting uh, i think there's 17 and 23 to start the year uh, it's not a great start um but it definitely gives you something to write about so they're they're not boring in, in some sense
2: true yeah i think you know coming into the season uh you know especially like when we do our season preview rob and i were i don't i don't even want to say the word optimistic because we both had them winning 82 games which is as you know, literally one game more than they did last year. I think it was just you know they they are just on paper were slightly better than uh, last year's team. And you know if if guys in the past could stay healthy and they're coming in on new deals, um, maybe they'll w- be a couple games better and try and sneak into a wild card. Obviously, uh, it's it's not been the greatest to start six games under like you said already through the first forty. So things got to change for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the giants, one thing I've written about in the past is is one thing that they can't really use as an excuse is injuries, in my opinion, because like, these are the guys that they invested in yes. going injury risk. So it's like, you know, if a guy typically only gives you 120 games every year, that's what you should expect. You, you shouldn't bring that guy in and say, he's going to play 150 games for us. So that's like, Uh, of all the excuses that, that, that can be used. That's, that's one I just don't really want to hear about. I mean, every person who was looking at this team was saying, yeah, you know, this could be a good roster if they're healthy, but uh, you know, we just haven't really seen that yet. Jock Peterson, you know, just went on an injury list. Mitch Hanniger missed the first month. Mikey Stremski was just activated. It just feels like it's almost a revolving door at this point with injuries. And, you know, fortunately they have the depth to weather that, but, it's it's something that um it can't be used in as an excuse and it feels like actually that their depth has been um you know um it's been it's it's been uh, exploited a little bit because you know you have guys like Brett Wisley who's you know probably being brought up too soon for example and and he's being thrown out in the center field having no experience there previously um so yeah it's it's um it's an interesting start to the year um <laughs> to say the least cal yeah. stevenson got some play darren
2: ruff was brought back i mean yes so your exploitation of the death definitely has some merit to it
0: I, no i i i can't be the, the only one out of all of us that's driving down the road and we hear these guys on cambr going you know when this team is healthy you'd be like, dude shut the hell up that is never going to happen like yeah. so, so, stop stop talking about it you know it, yeah cal, cal stevenson you know could come you know, comes out of nowhere <laughs> You know, Bryce, you know, Bryce Johnson, I'm, I'm glad he's, he's back healthy and he's kicked all that concussion stuff. But, I mean, he's getting PT and wisely. Like, like you said, they brought back Darren Ruff. And, ugh, like, this, this team will never be healthy. So, they, we gotta, yeah, we just got to kick that to the side. Yep.
2: Totally. I agree. Um, So, you know, talking about what we want to discuss tonight, usually when we have guests on, um, especially Jeff, We kind of like to focus on specific players, how they're doing, get our thoughts on, you know, what may be coming. But uh, be as it may, the Giants coming off a disappointing 500 season. And like we mentioned a few minutes ago, they're off to a disappointing start again here in 2023. Two years removed from a really, really good season. Um, We thought it would be a good episode to let's kind of look at the organization as a whole And, uh, you know, from ownership, front office down, um, I thought that would be kind of a a productive, fun episode. And we can kind of just see where we're at from a a larger scale when we're talking San Francisco Giants. So uh, we have some talking points here for Jeff um, and Rob's up first.
0: So I'm gonna let Rob take it away. All right, Jeff, this has been gnawing at me since like uh, Christmas time. So bear with me. Uh, Why do you think that Farhan hasn't been extended yet? You know, we we keep hearing about this agreement that they that they verbally have about picking up his option at the bare minimum. But you know that that's great and all, but why aren't they out there kind of saying it with their chest, so so to speak? It seems like they're kind of walking this this line very very slowly.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a good question. It does feel like they're kind of walking a fine line. I think Greg Johnson, when he spoke about it, he said that the plan was to pick up uh, the the team option for a sixth year for 2024 or work to extend him. But it's just like, if you read between the lines of what he said, I mean, it feels like they, for lack of a better phrase, it feels like there's almost an off out with, uh, with, with his wording in the sense that, um, you know, if the team doesn't really show enough progress or the organization doesn't show enough, uh, show enough progress, you know, they might at the end of the year still want to reevaluate things and go in a different direction. Um, I, I don't know if that's the best way to go about it, um, I think Farns ID is a pretty competent front office executive. He's well-regarded throughout baseball. He'd probably learn a, a new job immediately if he, he was a free agent. uh, with that being said, you know, we're in year five and, and it just doesn't feel like there's been enough progress yet. Um, the, the way I see it and, and just, you know, I know other people probably feel the same way, but it feels like they're kind of running in place and they have the same goals in year five that they had in year one. And and to me, that's just not, that's not good enough given the expectations that they had when Far Anxiety first first took over and that they wanted to build kind of a sustainable organization that consistently produces talent and is consistently competitive. And we just haven't seen that consistency yet.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's like the the goal is let's let's compete. Let's let's be in it and re reevaluate after every month. So, you know, it, that that that's kind of how it seems like. Let's let's kind of reassess our, our our goals. And like you said, that was kind of how it was when it, when he when he took over in, in nineteen. Well, let's see where we're at. we're right here. Then we'll then we'll reassess. And you know, here we are in twenty twenty three. And it's, I mean, this team is very, you know, week to week and month to month. Like it's it seems like okay. Well, they look they look good for a week. You know, they go four they go four and two, and then next week they go two and four. And yeah. it's, it's like it's a it it never stops. So yeah, I I, I totally see, see see what you're saying, and it's just it's it's annoying as a fan because I believe it was back it was back in August, you know, that uh, somebody brought brought, brought uh, Farhan's uh, contract up, and yeah, that, that was what they said, like oh no, we you know we we've already kind of agreed to an extension, we just haven't we haven't said it out loud out, out loud yet, we haven't you know figured out all the little details to it, and then they kind of reiterated it uh, again uh, during during spring training, so. I, I think as a fan, you just kind of want to know where is all this going. You know sure. what, what's the identity of the team. You know why am I going to the ballpark. You know why why do I want to buy season tickets. And
1: sure.
0: r- right now, it's like you said, we're just kind of kind of on on a treadmill, and we we don't know more than than we did five
1: years ago. Yeah, and, and uh, to to answer your question, why why they haven't like you know, announced an extension while, while, you know, sticking out their chest. I just don't know if there's uh, enough confidence to do so, but in fairness, you know, uh, these, especially when it comes to the front office, I mean, extensions aren't typically made public until they, until they are. So it's not like, you know, when a free agent signs where, you know, you, you hear about it through whatever social media forum first and then it gets confirmed. But with the front office people, it just, it kind of happens behind the scenes. So we may not hear about it and it may have already been exercised and, and that, that'll be that. But um, I I just don't know if there's enough confidence to, to announce it right now. And and if there's enough justification to to either extend him or uh, exercise his his six-year option.
2: I just find it funny that we're talking about Farhan and an option to pick up here. Like, it's just so Farhan, you know, Exactly. Imagine, imagine if it was a player opting, like because he probably you know he's he's absolutely opting back in next year um if things continue how they are no i'm kidding yeah um but you know you talk about um like the effect of if they were to announce something now which kind of leads into more of my question you know slash thought um and like what impact would an extension have on the fan base the ballpark attendance which we're already seeing is i mean you can't you can't be wrong about it. Like fan, uh, you know, attendance is down. You can see it. Um, people put, putting out numbers every night. Oh, there's 25,000 paid tonight. There's 22,000 paid tonight, which, you know, we're used to seeing 37 to 40,000 on a fairly consistent basis. Um, even in recent years, but yeah, just the effect on the fan base ballpark attendance team performance moving forward. Um, tying that all together with what would the impact of an extension for Farhan Zaidi mean?
1: Yeah. I I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it does feel like, uh, you know, attendance is down um, in 2023. I mean, even if, even if you go back to like 2019, for example, when the Giants went um, like, let's say it was like 78 and 84 or something to that effect, they weren't a very good team, but they were still averaging like 33 or 34,000 fans a night. Uh, And the fact that they're, they're averaging, closer to 25, 24, 23,000 uh, right now is is kind of uh, it, it tells you how many season ticket holders are um, are invested in this season. Because, you know, if you look at the ballpark, you know, there's not 23, 24, 25,000 fans right now. It gets pretty empty uh, quickly. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that stuff when you look at the the team as a whole is like there's no one player except for, in my opinion, Logan Webb to really like attach yourself to Um, there's no superstar talent. And that's something that like giants fans have been clamoring for, for years. And, and it just like, I don't know, it just really got frustrating this past off season um, because they, they obviously missed on Aaron judge. That was always going to be a long shot. I I never anticipated that he would have left New York given the situation. And then with the fallout with Carlos Correa, I know he's off to a slow start, but you know, he would have been a nice fit and somebody who can like lead, the organization into the next era um so I, I mean what would an extension have on this that you know w- with the fans i mean i i think fans at this point are pretty uh, you know their minds have been made up for the most part in, in terms of what they think of our anxiety so I, I don't know if it would have a huge effect um in terms of overall attendance the thing that's gonna have the biggest effect is what happens you know for the rest of this year if they go and you know if they if they're 10 games under five hundred you're going to see those attendance numbers drop even more than what we've seen so far. So um, yeah, I I mean, if they were to announce an extension, I I don't know if it would move them. uh, It would move the meter one way or the other, Um, but maybe it would give uh, Zayedi a little more confidence in how to operate around the, the, the uh, trade deadline, whether, whether there's them being buyers or sellers, we don't really know at this point.
2: Yeah, and you know what? Just just going off of that, I'm gonna actually skip my next point and go to the next one because I think it ties in ties in better with what we're currently discussing. Um, and that's kind of bringing up ownership into this conversation as well, because you know, I think you know as a fan, and I just see myself as a casual fan who watches a lot of Giants baseball through the years, so I kind of get a feel for how the organization is and how the team plays and all that. Um, you know, there's a fine line between Farhan has made some good moves through sure. the years. He's also made some questionable moves. But we have to factor into that at the top, you know, it's it's ownership. It's not him that is ultimately pulling the strings. Um, and I just want to say, like, outside of 2021, this has been really an average to below average team uh, when it comes to win- wins and losses, which at the end of the day, that's what us as fans really care about. All um, oh, we know, but and Robbie hammers this home a lot here on say hey, but but the team profited approximately seventy two million dollars last year in two thousand twenty two. Are we convinced that ownership is satisfied with profits as long as the Giants are? And you used this couple minutes ago, quote unquote competitive, or at some point does winning actually matter?
1: Yeah, I, I mean winning of course matters because you know what what the, what happens when a team wins, right? I mean ticket sales go up uh, concession sales go up. I, I mean, all that stuff, just everything that occurs around Oracle park becomes more of a gold mine than it already is. So I, I think the, the, the ownership group is obviously invested in, in winning. I mean, they, they've committed 200 plus million dollars to this, this team. And you know, if they fall flat, that's not going to look good. I, I mean, you invest that much money, you expect the team to be uh, competitive and at least somewhere in the playoff picture. Um, and uh, yeah, I I think the the ownership group, and I'd be curious to see exactly where that's. I know Forbes quoted that seventy two million dollar profit. I'd be curious to see what went into that number, just because I don't know how public those numbers are. So I, I don't know where that sure. that exactly being pulled from. That's just me putting on my accounting hat. Uh, that's my day job. <laughs> uh, so I I mean I, I think um, th- there's there's this th- there's this uh, perception that ownership isn't interested in winning, and I, I don't know if that's the case because I, again, we're going to see, we're worries. We're already seeing, you know, their sales team getting trying to get a little creative in, in terms of getting people at the ballpark. I mean, I, I think there's that Levi's 501 deal, where it's like five dollars or one cent. They got us. Yeah, we're going. Uh, yeah, exactly. We're going yeah. in two weeks. You know, it's like they, they, they rolled us in, man. Can't pass yeah, that up, man. I don't know if they do that every year, and if they do, then it's then it's a non-factor. But I mean, every time I look at like some giant promotional item, it just it makes me think like, oh, they're not getting people at the ballpark, and they're trying to trying to spur up some excitement and try to make it more affordable, which they should have been doing in the first place sure uh, you know uh you know, lower lowering concession prices and beer prices is, is a nice start but they should have been doing this for years um but you know there was a market um, at that point and there's there's not as much of a market for for those prices right now so um it, it feels like they're already kind of feeling the effects of this jeff
0: uh i I've, I've been you know this has been bugging me too do you, do you think that the situation with the, with the a's and them basically, not, they're basically they're not there right now, anyways. But the fact that it's been kind of writing's been on the wall. They're 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 leaving the area now for for about for about two two three years. Like they're they're yeah. looking to go elsewhere. D- do you think that right there is playing a bit of a of, of a part in the Giants' ownerships? You know, I don't know com- complacency. You know, if that's where we're we're kind of leaning with this, where it's like, well, hey, pr- hey, we're basically we're the only, we're the only game in town right now. Like I, I was kind of toying around with their their hashtags here. Should have been giant baseball, because what are you, what are you gonna do? Go watch the A's? <laughs> 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 of, course, of course, not. So, like, do you, do you think that has anything to, to to do with this? The fact that they're, you know, kind of sitting sit on a a goldmine right now and just kind of just letting things play out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I would say that the the A's situation is kind of influencing the giants to to be complacent i I don't know if that would be the phrase that i would use um but the the giants are going to make money one way or the other given the location given the fact that they're close to the chase center they've got that mission rock project i have no idea how uh, how developed it is at this point um they're going to make money but you know in terms of getting people to the game i mean i haven't been to san francisco recently but I mean, there's plenty of other options for entertainment than than going to a Giants game when it's cold at nights, um, especially <laughs> during, during the April, May, and even sometimes June months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's plenty of alternatives to entertainment in San Francisco. It's it's I mean, the the restaurants are fantastic. There's plenty of places to eat and drink. Plenty of other entertainment options. So I, I don't know if the the Giants should um, see this as a monopoly and, and uh, say, you know, well, what what else are you going to do? besides come here because there's right. there's plenty of alternatives that then to go to a Giants game right now. Yeah. I I, I
0: guess,
1: I guess I'm, I'm leaning more towards like the, uh, if,
0: if you're a baseball fan, I, w- I want to go watch baseball, sure. you know, yeah. well, what,
1: what am I going to do?
0: You know, am I gonna go, go watch well, Rob, the A's? Rob, and, I almost over in that parking lot. You know,
2: I I almost you know wanted to counter with, well, the Giants are getting twenty four thousand one hundred fans of this game, and then if you bring in the A's aspect, then you get twenty four thousand four hundred. So I mean,
0: <laughs> right, oh right, right, right. <laughs> but I I mean the, the, the A's the A's though even even in in their in, in their really good years they they haven't been able to, to draw fans. It's just yeah, I, it's I, I don't know, but that's something though that that's that's been bugging me for a while, yeah. but. You know, I I know we I know we said we weren't gonna talk about players, but I had to.
2: Damn it, Rob! I had, a bit a,
0: I had a, bit, a bit a bit of a thing going on with uh, Logan Webb. Yep. That I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about. Now, do do you believe that that Webb in his camp panicked a bit after his slow start and potentially took less money to secure his extension early? And do you think the Giants really view him as an ace long term, or do you think they're gonna look to uh, upgrade in that in that category?
1: um yeah so there are two questions there I think the first question is did did they panic at all given the slow start um yeah. I I wouldn't I, I wouldn't say that just because they have a pretty long track record at this point of Logan Webb being one of the better pitchers in the National League I, I think there was almost an element of gamesmanship in terms of you know waiting for the next pitcher of that caliber to sign an extension I mean we saw with the Houston Astros and Christian Javier um sign an extension I think it was like five years and 65 million um, and I, as soon as that was signed, both like Framber Valdez and, and Logan Webb were kind of both in that same, you know, uh, performance and, and service time bucket. That I, I think they were they they both saw that and they said, "Hey, this is the the template we can use to leverage more money." And I, I almost think that there was like I, I don't know if Framber Valdez was ever close to signing the extension with the Astros. I know it was pretty close. But I see him and Webb as being very similar in terms of what they do on the, the baseball mm-hmm. field, both ground ball heavy pitchers, uh, pretty good command get good strikeout numbers, but keeping the ball on the ground is really what they do best and better than pretty much everyone in baseball for the most part. So I, I, I almost think that maybe Logan Webb's camp was waiting for, forever Valdez to sign an extension. It didn't happen. So they wanted to get something done.
0: Mm-hmm. Now uh,
1: one thing I, I want to add with um, extensions that buy out arbitration seasons is that the arbitration process, it's kind of a standard practice. It shouldn't happen this way, but this is how it happens with baseball. The arbitration process is still pretty much in effect when you look at Logan Webb's extension. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he slid it to get paid $8 million in 2024, which would have been probably what he would have made through arbitration uh, had he gone through that. And then in 2025, he's getting paid $12 million. Again, he would have probably got that if he went through arbitration. And then the following years after that, He's getting paid twenty two or twenty three million, which to me is like a recognition that's his market value. Um, But the arbitration process is still in place, so when you see these um, when you see these extensions that buy out arbitration seasons, I mean that that model is still factored into it. So I I don't know if he took a a a hometown discount. I think one way or the other, over the next five years, Logan Webb was going to make somewhere around ninety million dollars, whether he he signed that extension or not. Uh, Maybe he loses an opportunity cost of not being able to um, enter free agency after his age 28 season, which doesn't have the same, uh, you know, flair that it has for a position player than it does for a pitcher because pitchers typically get capped at five or six seasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I I mean, Logan Webb still has a chance to enter free agency after his age 31 season, but I I don't know if if there was any panic that was involved. I, I think he has a pretty good track record uh both him and the Giants knew exactly what he was going to make over the next five years they both want to get something done and they got done so uh I think it was a a good deal for both sides they get Logan Webb gets cost certainty and the Giants get a guy who's got plenty of peak years in front of him um typically when you get get a guy at a free agency you're getting a guy whose uh decline has probably already started with Logan Webb they might get five good years out of this um and you know how how the giants view him i, I think they do view him as 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 nace i mean he's statistically been one of the better uh pitchers in baseball over the past two seasons you know if you look at his numbers and you compare him to other pitchers you know he's he's kind of similar to a guy like zach gallon uh a guy like Julio earlier uh two guys who are gonna make a lot of money in their careers uh guys who i would consider two of the better pitchers in baseball right now um So I I don't know. I mean, is he an ace? I think he's one of the top 15 or 20 pitchers in baseball, to be honest. Um, I think that qualifies as being an ace. Uh, One thing I do uh, like about him, and it's similar to Matt Cain, um, and I know there's plenty of similarities, but it just feels like he has that bulldog, big game mentality. Yeah. That, like, the the lights are never too bright for him. and that's I mean, we saw that during the 21 playoffs when he just – you know, it didn't work out in the end, but Logan Webb shut down the Dodgers lineup that featured mm-hmm. you know, Trey Turner, Justin Turner, Mookie Betts, like all these good players. And he shut them down in, in two starts. So um, I, I'm happy it got done. I think he's the ace of the future for them. And and hopefully they have another guy or two coming up.
2: That's a great perspective regarding, you know, your arbitration point of view still is, you know, kind of included into the new deal. Um, cause yeah, those numbers are approximate to what he, if, you know, if they want to keep going through the arbitration process, probably would have been very similar to that. So that's a good point of view that, um, you know, you put in my head that I, I wasn't considering as well. Um, I kind of want to talk about kind of getting back to the organization. Like I want to, I want to talk about like developmental stuff. Um, because this is like one of my main critiques with this, uh, regime. Um, and since they took over in 2018, not many draft picks during their time have produced at the major league level. I know sometimes it could, you know, some guys can get up there fast tracked in two to three years. Sometimes it takes five to six or more. Um, Kyle Harrison's the only guy that's really close. And he was what the 2023 round pick, I believe. Yep. Um, and Casey Schmidt is kind of an exception right now. He's, he's got up there, I think a little sooner than at least I was anticipating. Um, but not, you know, we know the glove is there and he's, Banging man, he's got two more hits tonight. And he's hitting like 500. I think he's like 13 for 27, so right under 500. That's um, good pace. yeah, I <laughs> yeah, yeah. wonder if he can queue it up. No, uh, but, anyways, um, I, I, I'm just curious at what point do we, you know, talk about the Giants' lack of developing, um, you know, and how long of a leash do we give them? Because uh you know it's like you said this is going on year six almost this is year five six and we're not getting much draft picks uh getting traction at the higher levels and to be honest jeff i'm kind of sick of the COVID excuse um i know a lot of i know a lot of people that are i feel like more of the analytical guys which would fit you know with this front office like to defend and take that route um but you know just Talking develop, development as a whole, I know this is a long-winded question. Sorry, but um, no, okay. should 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 we be worried about the lack of development in the Giants' farm farm system?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, let's let's take a step back and just like look at the just Giants' prospect development over the past ten plus years. At this point, and uh, you know, Brandon Belt, for example, is probably the best position player they've developed in the last. Or he's the, he's the most recent, um, pretty much everyday regular that they've developed in the last 10, 12, 13 years. I mean, can you name the guys who have been good, who have come after that? Like it's like Joe panic, Matt Duffy and Austin Slater. And I mean, those are good players, but you know, that's, that's just not yeah. good enough. Um, yeah. now, of course on the pitching side, uh, Logan Webb looks, I mean, we, I know we just, uh, we just talked about him and he looks stellar. So, I mean, that was a fantastic draft. Uh, I, I think to your point is it does feel like the, you know, one of the things that foreign anxiety was brought in was to help build a sustainable organization. And, you know, at at times it feels like only the, the, the poor moves get highlighted. He's made a lot of really nice moves overall, you know, getting a guy like Alex Cobb. I mean, that looks like a fantastic bargain for the giants. And then finding these guys like Tyro Estrada um, there, there are a few others, Mikey stremsky. I mean, Lamont Wade Jr. looks like an all-star this year, so there's Estrada. Um, but it, it does feel like it, there just hasn't been enough progress um, with, with the Giants draft picks, um, especially the high picks, which is typically where you find the most value. Uh, the, the 2019 draft is the only one I can look at and say, hey, this is the draft where they should start to you know filter into the Major League roster, and maybe that happens at some points, but we just haven't really seen it. Cole Waits is the only person from that draft uh, to reach the majors with the Giants. Um, But, and and I don't like this. One of the things I try not to do when looking at the draft is like saying, Oh, they should have drafted this guy instead of this guy. because no one has a crystal ball. Uh, One thing to me that's like, that's, that's fair to criticize is that teams that drafted after the Giants in the first round of 2019, they have already found value. You look at who is selected right after uh hunter bishop uh who was the number 10 overall pick um in in 2019 and he was at time at the time it made sense he was like there was really no um controversy he wasn't an overdraft or anything like that but alec manoa who was a top three Cy young pitcher was drafted right after him the giants just got done uh facing off against corbin carroll who was already signed an extension he was drafted a couple of picks um after hunter bishop and you know, you look at the the 2019 draft as a whole, and it's like, well, maybe Grant McCray uh, ends up being being a solid uh, major league player. I mean, he's he's a you know fast center fielder, great defensively. Uh, the bat's coming around. Um, but outside of that, it's like, well, maybe Tyler Fitzgerald, uh, who who's who just got promoted to AAA and is really off to a hot start. But outside of those two, there 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 just isn't really a ton I could say. Like, oh, that was. I, I mean, that that draft as a whole doesn't look like it's going to produce a ton. Um, and you look at the Giants first round picks up until this point. I mean, uh, Patrick Bailey is the only one who's healthy enough to play right now. Will Bednar, uh, he's been battling a back injury. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, Reggie Crawford, who's returning from Tommy John surgery, um, there was a bit of a setback apparently uh, with his rehab. So, I, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that, Giants fans are impatient and wanting to see like the next big thing coming up. And I think that narrative is going to start to change within the next year or so, given that they already have Kyle Harrison, you know, one film call away from Oracle Park. They have Marco Luciano on the 40-man roster along with Luis Matos. Um, my, my thing is like, okay, those guys come up. Um, this has to be a sustainable thing. Like what happens after those guys and where's that second wave coming from? Because you look at a team like the Dodgers, it's never just one guy. It's like, okay, all right, James Altman, who I I don't I mean, the guy's on fire right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And James Altman was is making an impact for the Dodgers this year, but behind him are like six or seven other prospects. And it's like that's what the Giants want to be doing. Um, and that that's kind of my my thought process is like, all right, well, once Luisiano and Matos and, and Harrison all make it to the majors who are the next guys that come in and I, you know, they, they don't have, they have a lot of pitching. Um, but I, I don't know if there's enough guys to say like, Oh, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna come in after, I mean, he's going to come in after that guy. Um, so I, I mean, you know, hopefully the the narrative begins the shift with, with the, the organization's lack of development. They're getting a first round pick, uh, this year. I think they're getting a compensatory pick as well by losing Carlos Rodon to free agency. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to begin to shift, but it's taken a long, long time to do so. And it's not just far anxiety. It's, it's everything that, that occurred before him and the years leading up to the, the transition. So, I mean, it feels like it's been longer than it's actually been. Um, and I know I've already beat a dead horse with this, but I, hopefully that narrative begins to shift.
2: Jeff, before we uh, – ra- or Rob, did you have one more question? Apologies. no
0: um no i just i kind of i kind of wanted to tack on to that real quick because yeah like fans are frustrated you know with, with the farm system we, we all know that and it just seems like you know a lot of times once once these dudes kind of get up to triple a they start to kind of level out and kind of and kind of flame out and it's just like a, an example i always always think about and this is going back to 2021 you know back when you know the giants 107 games the dodgers were right behind them all year we go to that trade deadline and the Dodgers really had, you know, no problem trading their top two prospects, Keeper Ruiz and Josiah Gray for Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, because they knew, oh, we have more guys coming. It's fine. They're just prospects. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, the Giants are in the same position. They trade Killian for uh, Chris Bryant. Good trade. Good trade. You know, but... You know, it's just I think as fans, we're sick seeing the Dodgers have all these dudes just come up, come up. and It's like, well, wait a second, didn't they didn't they trade this guy, this guy? Oh, <laughs> yeah, these are, dude, these are other guys. Holy shit! You know, and, and and here we are. It's like, oh my god, Casey Schmidt finally. You know, and yeah, <laughs> and like it we got so we got something. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, Joe, you know, Joey Bart you know, looks like you know he's he's starting to starting to figure out like he like he's starting to get a little confidence. So we just it's, I think fans are just kind of sick of taking these little these small victories while a team like the dodgers just keeps they keep hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting no matter who they got up there
1: yeah it's 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 impressive uh you know what they've done over the years and and uh if you guys want to keep your sanity don't look at the updated mlb.com prospects top 100 prospects list because i think the dodgers have like eight (laughs) guys on the list and it's like it's a
0: monday jeff
1: (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's so gross.
0: It's so gross. I
1: know. Yeah. It's, and the Giants have two. I mean, the, 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 you know, they have two prospects within the, within the top 20 in Harrison and Luciano. And the last time they had that was Posey and Bumgarner. So uh, maybe that's a sign of things to come. Um, but you know, they, there's, there's just gotta be depth behind those guys. And, and uh, I, I think they have some on the pitching side. I think they're a little lighter on the position player side, but that's just, that's just my opinion um, as flawed as it might be when it comes to, Trying to project uh, prospects, which is you know a pretty difficult task.
2: Well, Jeff, before we uh, wrap up here, um, I want to let you uh, plug yourself and uh, you know where can we find your work and what are you working on and do you have any closing thoughts on the Giants as a as a whole?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, let's start with the Giants. I, I I think that they're better than what we've seen so far. Um, it just feels like a lot of bad breaks have have gone against them uh, i hope that's the case um I, I, if not then i, I feel like there's going to be changes at the end of the year if they finish the year five or six or seven games under 500 um so i think they're better than what we've seen i mean they like all the guys that they brought in henneger conforto um stripling but i i mean they really haven't produced yet and they were really banking on some of those guys to produce so um you know, hopefully they, the, the, the tide starts to shift with a guy like Conforto who had, who had um, run today. Um, you know, same with Hanniger. Um, not sure if that's going to happen with Manaya to be honest. But uh, Stripling, I mean, he has a pretty decent track record. Uh, so uh, hopefully they're better than what we've seen so far because it's been kind of painful to watch. There's just been not enough consistency. Uh, but I, I don't really have a ton to plug. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you can find me on Twitter. It's the only social media site I have. Uh, baseball Jeff uh, won. That's number one. Um, and uh, by the way, on a different note, you guys reached 100-plus uh, episodes. So congratulations to you guys. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Um, that takes a Thanks, lot man. of time and effort. Uh, and, and um, you know, it's it's really a um, – what's what's the phrase I'm thinking of? It's a love of labor uh, to do something like yeah. this, especially with the Giants. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: it's not like they're rolling out there winning 105 games every year. you know would oh, like- be
1: Fantastic.
2: Give us our hey, credit. Hey, no, but I <laughs> appreciate hey, 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 it, man.
0: Hold, 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 one, one more thing. I, I I know Casey Schmidt's hitting 500 right now, Jeff, but it, it, is, is he really worthy of your Mercedes number? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I, I, I'm not over it. I'm not over it. I think I blacked out uh, intentionally when I saw your mean Mercedes play Lafayette. I was like, nope, I'm not going to watch this shit. Uh, Rob,
2: was it, it Marlon Bird number six, too? Or yep. was that a Guillen? Oh, my God. Um,
0: maybe both. I time. don't know. But, I but yeah, I mean, a, a lot a lot of legend. They pass six around like it's nothing. It's very sad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, Jeff, thanks for coming on again, man. We really appreciate it. I'm sure we'll have you on probably towards the end of the year again. Um, but, yeah, appreciate you coming on and giving your perspective um, of the Giants organization. I thought it would be an important episode and uh, fun as always. So thanks for your time, Rob of course my man uh we'll we'll see you next time so for say hey doug say hey rob and jeff young thanks for joining us on the say hey podcast and uh see you soon go giants
0: go giants don't get swept
1: (laughs) say hey say who? Say they say hey say who swinging at the plate say hey